magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show. This is episode number 578. And I'm going to start off this show by saying thank you to all our Patreon supporters and uh, who help keep this show and the website going. And if you want to check out our Patreon, it's at patreon.com forward slash touch arcade. Why am I mentioning that right now? Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Because, uh, yes, one of our listeners sent in a very thoughtful email. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go into an email situation right now, or should we talk about something else? I mean, I don't know. Do you have any off-topic chat you need to get out of your system? Hmm. I am very tired because our youngest decided to wake up at 3.30 the last three nights and just scream his head off like he's being murdered. Yikes. and not be able to get calmed down and that happened again last night and also at 5 30 hmm. and that's been fun have you found you your know, kids have any sensory issues not that i'm aware of hmm. um so we took so i took my oldest the four-year-old almost five um i took him to a king's basketball game last week oh that's cool and um you know, we've been around that area. There's restaurants and stuff, and he's seen the big arena, and um, we've watched games on TV and stuff like that. So I was like, "Would you ever want to go to a game there?" He's like, "Yeah." The only other thing we did that's comparable is we went to like a minor league baseball game, and that's like outdoors, and we yeah, sit yeah. in the grass outfield seats. Yeah, so stadiums it's like, are busy and loud and stuff. Yeah, it's it an indoor arena um, was kind of a different experience. I wasn't really sure how he would take to it. And um, I was fully prepared that, like, if he was not into it, we could leave or whatever. Um, but we ended up going, and and so I gave him those, like, headphones that kids get to, like, block noise. Yeah. Um, and he just likes wearing them. So he insisted on putting them on on the car ride over <laughs> and keeping them on the entire time we went in and everything. So I'm just, like constantly, I'm, like, constantly trying to talk to him or ask him questions, and he's just, like, staring blankly at me. And I'm like, dude, can you take those off until we actually get inside? But, um. Nice. Yeah, we go inside and and uh, I like take the headphones off for a second. And I'm like, it, this, you know, it wasn't even like loud or anything, but it was just like the normal sort of murmur of a an arena. Um, and he was like, no, too loud. Mm-hmm. And so he kept them on like most of the time. And then I don't know. I think it was like maybe the third or fourth quarter of the game, and um, I had bought him in, like a king sweatshirt, and so he wanted to put it on. So he took his headphones off and put the sweatshirt on. He was all jazzed about it and then didn't mention the headphones again. He's kept them off for the rest of the game. Hmm. And um, he seemed fine. And so I talked to him after it. I was like, you were, you know, it wasn't too loud, right? And he was like, no, it wasn't. I was like, see, hmm. you should have tried in the beginning. And I, we could have talked more <laughs> this whole time. Yeah, I was just, just kind of friend of mine that works with a lot of kids. I was like, does it seem to you like there's just like more wrong with kids in general? Like these days with like this sort of stuff is, I don't know. But like their their thing was like, well, I think we're just better at like figuring out like weird little quirks and stuff now, because like yeah. when we were kids, like it was just like the weird kid, you know, like right. or or whatever. Now it's like, oh, no, like you just actually have like, you know, sensory issues that you're hearing and we'll just throw these yeah. headphones on you and you're 100 times more yeah. comfortable. And now you're not acting up because we figured yeah. out like you just needed this little tweak and now you're good. And whereas back in the day, I'd just be like, the fuck's wrong with this kid? Like, you just, you know, <laughs> I I think that's the key is is being able to like recognize it instead of Mm. just you know back in the day you'd be like I don't know what's wrong with him yeah he's weird (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know in general neither of them really seem too affected by that type of stuff Um, so I don't know what his deal is he he woke the thing last night was he woke up at three thirty screaming and we go in there and he's like there's a spider in my bed and I was like I don't think so bud and he's like it was a really big spider. And um, so we take all his blankets off and stuff and we're like, there's no spider. We're like, do you want us to change the sheets? We change the sheets. So we show like no spider. And I think he had a dream about a spider because he kind of has a thing with spiders. Man, when I was a kid, um, I remember I was terrified of my closet, which is just like the dumbest thing. You know, like just... (laughs) 
I was too, though. Like shadows, any kind of shadows in my room, I was always stare at and be like, "That shadow's changing shape. What's going on?" Yeah, because like the, the so I grew up in like an old farmhouse and it, it didn't have kind of like the old, like inset style closets that are normal now. And instead it was just Uh. Mm -hmm. like this like wardrobe that was basically just like man sized in the corner, you know, <laughs> and it was just yep. like like the like the perfect size for <laughs> a monster, really. I mean, right. like no big, Yeah. not too big, not too small, just like the ideal size for, Yeah. for something weird. But but yeah. Yeah, he he went through that where he was like, there's monsters in my closet. And so every night I would shine my phone light in there and be like, no monsters. And then he'd be like, I want you to close the door. And I'm like, okay. And then lately he's been like, I want the door open. <laughs> like, really? Okay. Like, that's fine too. Like, whatever you want. But uh, yeah, we have dealt with that a little bit. So I don't know. Probably just normal little kid stuff that just sucks. But we went through so many like sleep issues with both of them being younger. Um, you sort of get to a point where things stabilize and you're like, oh, I'm glad we're past all that. But I don't know if you ever truly are. There's always something new around the corner with kids. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, I guess we could talk about um, the only real newsy thing I was going to talk about this week was that Apple announced the Vision Pro launch date. Um, Yeah, I still I still how much just do like you care about this? don't know how I feel about it is Yeah. the thing like I think this is going to be uh, a painful thing to be an early adopter on, you know, because I was Yeah. like I was shooting the shit with some friends of mine about this because we're all Like my friend group is very much like the early tech early adopter Apple people. I mean, like Mm -hmm. everyone I know should be buying this thing, right? Because it's just Right. like, you know, perfectly aligning all those lasers of the things that we're interested in and like, right? Mm hmm mm hmm But it's just like, oh, fuck, man, it's so expensive to be mm hmm an early adopter on this. And I feel like it is basically inevitable that that. by buying one of these now you're effectively going to be experiencing the first year of ipad ownership again yeah which right like so <laughs> so if anyone wasn't around for that what i mean by that is um i feel like apple shipped the ipad before they really knew what people were going to use it for and i bet i bet if you went and watched that reveal keynote There would be a lot of that kind of like, I don't know, it's an iPhone, but bigger, like, you know, you're going to use it for tablet Yeah. Right. things, but, you know, like web browsing is better with a bigger screen, but like you didn't have these like truly killer apps that you have Mm now. hmm Like, like right now I would argue, you know, the tablet form factor just in general is very mature. And there's a lot Yeah. of things that are just obvious to people that have like really shined on on the iPad, you know, like using it to like browse like digital magazines and using it to like read books digitally and using it for, um, you know, like, like zoom calls or FaceTimes with multiple participants. So, you know, you're like, you're not looking at someone's picture. That's the size of like a quarter or whatever. Um, and you know, I, I, I amazing movie viewing device, like stuff like, you know, like, there's a lot of, a lot of killer features that make the iPad and tablets in general, just make a lot of sense now. But back in the day when the iPad was new, remember it was like, okay, well, uh, Here's an iPhone app blown up. yeah, well, well, but, but I think developers as a whole sort of like realized <laughs> that they had this kind of like captive audience of people that had bought this expensive thing that yeah. I don't remember what the iPad originally cost. I want to say it was close to a thousand dollars or whatever, which I think I it think was a thousand bucks. Yeah. You know, was, was a, a lot of money. I'm not to say that it's not now, but it you know definitely felt like more than, um, And so, you know, if you had people that were willing to be early adopters on this platform that obviously was going to get better and you didn't really know as a developer, like what you were really going to do with it, um, you know, like you just sort of noodled around and released stuff for like 10 to 20 bucks per app. You know, like remember Mm hmm. all Mm like the hmm. Yeah. HD versions that were Yeah. like really expensive and well, I guess when I say really expensive, I mean, like, comparatively to because it'd be Right. like the the iPhone game. or app or whatever would be like 99 cents. And then the iPad Mm hmm. version would be like 19.99 for like no reason Yeah. other than like they could price <laughs> it like that because there was mm hmm. a small number of people making iPad software. They knew Mm hmm. the people that bought iPads and just spent a lot of money on this device. And, and then more importantly though, the, uh, what did they call it when you could run an iP iPhone thing at like two X, there was a buzzword for it or I don't, whatever, Mm. Mm hmm. whatever that feature was called. It was just Yeah. an objectively bad experience, you know, like installing, Yeah. um, 
And, you know, if you want to experience this now, Instagram still doesn't have an iPad version, right? <laughs> so if you, no, if you install, so. if you install Instagram on your iPad, yeah. like it works, but it sucks, you know? Yeah. And when you've got this like new thing, that's cool. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I guess I'll spend $10 here and there to get the version that doesn't suck. Cause yeah. I want, I, 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 this thing is neat and I want to use it, you know? Yeah. So doesn't it seem sort of inevitable that the vision pro is going to go through like that exact same thing as developers like release their ios app but in an augmented reality window that yeah you know is I 20 think, bucks now because you just think, paid so much for the headset <laughs> you know well i think for one i believe that there's going to be the same sort of thing where as far as i know like regular every app in the app store will like work on this thing it'll just be like in vr or whatever you know what i mean um not necessarily like different but at least it'll like run in it so you'll be able to like use a lot of apps on it. I don't know how the experience will be. That was kind of the same with the iPad where it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. some things blown up to two X would be fine or whatever, but some totally weren't. Um, but I think I don't recall the iPad having a lead time where people knew about it and could have developer software for it. Um, I think they just announced it and it was like, well, remember we found out after the fact that there was like, I don't even a, a list of like 12 developers that knew when we're making things mm -hmm, for it mm -hmm, and yeah. Apple's like secure. I, I'm like really paraphrasing because it was so long ago, but like uh, Apple basically like handpicked some developers uh, and, and they had these like insane security requirements. Well, I don't know about insane. I mean, cause it didn't leak. So it clearly worked, mm -hmm. but it was like, you needed to have like a locked, a lockable closet in your <laughs> office that was extremely access controlled and wow. the i they came and they like bolted down this like pillar that the iPad itself was then secured to. So like you oh. couldn't even you couldn't move it or use it or anything. Like you had to go to the iPad closet, like <laughs> key in with whatever like code requirements yeah. they had, and then it was like you could mess with it in in That's your crazy. in your closet. Yeah. Um and that that's how like you know the you, know, you can figure out what developers are if you just look at the you know, Apple keynote of any third party stuff they mentioned is like, okay, well, right. you're on the list that got it. Yeah. But, and I'm sure that the, the vision pro is probably working out the same way. Like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if like, you know, all the, all the developers that Apple really likes that show up in every yeah. keynote don't have one right now, you know, right. Or yeah, I, I soon, think it's, you know? well, I think, um, you know, cause I don't see, a, I don't really look for it, but I, I following the announcement of this thing in June, um for the next like couple months or whatever you'd see a lot of people doing like proof of concept ideas with mm -hmm. the sdk and some of them were like really clever like oh i could see why this is like a very good ar feature or something that works really well in the sense of like having a headset or having ar or vr or whatever um which maybe they don't have the hardware but they at least have the sdk and they can kind of think oh yeah that's the case those sort of ideas yeah. And I don't think that was the case with the iPad where you'd be like, oh, what what makes this larger screen like beneficial to some ideas that we have or whatever? Yeah. I think that all kind of came after. So there really was kind of like a lull until people sort of figured out, like, why is this larger you know, tablet better? Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be better from that sense. But I still think you're looking at like the first year of being like 90 percent of everything being just a, a normal app in a virtual window. Yeah. And, um, you know, a handful of really cool things that come out and you're like, oh, that's I see why this makes sense. Yeah, um, but I think I th it'll be I, again, I feel like it'd be just like the iPad where it'll be a very small number of things where it's like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I get it. This is yeah. cool. A much larger number of things where it's like, OK, dude, like I get it. Like it, the this is not that clever that you're just using the hand gesture, like, the, you know, like the finger yeah. <laughs> tapping to replace tapping on the screen like this is not worth uh, you know, $20 for the Apple vision pro version of this app. And yeah. then just an enormous sea of stuff that, you know, is just, it runs as is that's short of it, sort of a shitty experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I like think ultimately that... what, what worries me about being an early adopter on this one is that dude, the iPad two was better in like every way mm -hmm. of the iPad one. And if you came yeah. in on the iPad two, you were getting into a much more mature software ecosystem where developers figured all this stuff out, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and, and then it was easy to be like, Hey, you know, write articles where it was like, Hey, you just get an iPad two. Here's the 10 must download things mm -hmm. you know, like those yeah. are very obvious and 
uh, you know, all good experiences and, and everything mm -hmm. else, you know? So, yeah. I also think when the iPad came out, um, yeah, it was like expensive for the time because there wasn't really like a tablet market to compare it to or whatever. But I think it was still within the realm of like, I just want to buy one because it's a cool new Apple thing. And people mm -hmm. will be like, I can drop a thousand bucks. But when it's 3,500, that's sort of out of the range of like, I don't care if it's not, if I'm an early adopter and it's not the best experience, I still want the cool new Apple thing. 3,500 is kind of like, Ooh. right. Right. Um, so I think the, the other problem is like, there was a lot more iPads out there right after launch than there will be this headset. Oh um, yeah. I yeah. Think, it you wouldn't know, surprise me will if be very few. Yeah, extremely limited. But like, so I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how Apple manages like the marketing problem that they have ahead of them, right? Because like yeah. they, I think the biggest challenge of the Vision Pro isn't going to be the software, the hardware or whatever. It's like, how does Apple convince people like the normies of the world to mm -hmm. you know, use the internet term, I guess, mm -hmm. that when the Vision when the Apple Vision non-pro or the Apple Vision Pro 2 or like whatever the one that's like that, that Apple is like, okay, this is the mass market one. Like the, <laughs> the last one was for like the hardcore, like early adopters and developers, but this is the one that people are going to buy. Yeah. How do they manage the time in between when the people that are going to be buying the first one are likely the exact kind of person that like Apple doesn't want a ton of photos of them using yeah. thing right i mean yeah. like it's the google glass problem all over again yeah. right like yeah. um there's uh uh a photo that like journalists that when they're you know writing negative things about vr love using where it's like this fat dude uh wearing a i think it's a, a, a galaxy whatever whatever uh headset was the one that you snapped your phone into galaxy oh, yeah whatever yeah, yeah yeah that one was we're just like this like fat dude like drinking this like obnoxious like thing of coffee it looks like something on a wally <laughs> and like i feel like i've seen that photo so many times anytime anyone needs like a lead image of like something silly to do with vr yeah. and like apple will need to manage that heavily because like when the like they can't afford the apple vision like the mass market apple vision to already be seen as like oh that that's a headset for nerds like you, you, yeah. you don't want to you know you don't want to you don't want you don't want that you don't want to be seen wearing that like because like everything yeah. else sort of like depends on them kind of like almost being like transcending technology and like more into fashion almost you know mm -hmm. well i think so that was heavily their attempt with the apple watch where it was like yeah. we partnered with luxury fashion brands and watch companies and we had like celebrities do this and that and they really tried to market it as like a fashion accessory, but also a smartwatch. And I think there's still a little bit of that, but I think it's more now this is like kind of a utilitarian like device that everyone can use because we see all the benefits of using it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, even though those are pricey too for what they are, they're not crazy. Um, and then I'd say the same thing about the AirPods, where it was like AirPods was like a nerd like target for so long you'd see yeah. people with the white things hang out their ears and you'd be like oh my god this is the airbug guy and people made so much fun of them when they first came out because of how they looked and then slowly like a year or two later it was like everyone had to have airpods people yeah. were buying knockoff airpods just to look like they had airpods that's that's fair and um you know but i think in both those cases the product was so useful that it pushed past that sort of like oh i don't know how i'm going to look wearing this thing it was sort of like man i don't care if i have white things hanging on my ears these are the best headphones best yeah. experience but the, and the, the watch does things that are super yeah. useful to me so but, i can't uh, i don't know if there's a point where it's like you know you're gonna point laugh as only wearing one in a starbucks the headset yeah um and then a year later everyone has one and it's normal like i don't see it, that coming anytime soon yeah, I don't it, it like the problem is like those are good examples, but at the same time, it's like that's real easy for for like normal consumers to connect the dots on like why yeah. they need that product, you know, because right. it's like, right, it's like, oh, yeah, I use headphones every day. They have a wire. The wire kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. Oh, Apple has this version that yeah. is the same headphones that I use and like, but there's no wire and the battery lasts a long time mm -hmm. and it works really well with phone like that's a. Mm -hmm. That's a very easy uh, thing to kind of connect to, like why someone should buy, right? And the same deal with the yeah. Apple Watch. You know, it's like, oh, you yeah. wear a watch now, wouldn't it be cool if it connected to your phone and did all this other like neat shit that your phone does? Yeah. Like, yeah. But and you can watch videos that that 
portray this perfectly, right? But like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of what will sell the like vision lineup will be people putting it on their face, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, we've, we talked before about how like VR in general is very, very difficult to convey kind mm -hmm. of like the borderline kind of magical immersion that you can feel inside of some VR games. Yeah. I just like watching a, a game trailer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, some of their like avenues they try to push as like why this thing is so important is like, um, one of them is like, okay, like you're on a, an airplane and you want to watch a movie and you strap this thing on, you can tune out everything, right? Yeah. And it's just and you it and seems this awesome. big movie. That seems really cool. And, yeah, and that's great. And I guess if you travel so much that it might be worth picking up one just for like that, yeah. plus all the other stuff is icing, then cool. Um, but then like for home use, like I want to watch a movie with my family, right? Mm -hmm. So like I don't want to be the dude that's strapping on the headset while everyone else just sits there. Or you know what I mean? And it's it's sort of like, okay, and then if I have friends that have an Apple Vision Pro, maybe we could do like a virtual movie hangout type thing or whatever. But then that relies on like your normal friend group buying this expensive thing too, which I don't yeah. see happening. Yeah. Um, and then the other the other thing is they push like um like business use, right? Which I do think is valid. And I think uh there's a lot of clever things they do if you're trying to like you know, all the, the special FaceTime versions, if the other person has a headset, right? Like, so that also relies on the people you interact with also having this headset to have like the best, most interesting experience, I guess, um, which I just feel like you're, that's not going to happen for a long time unless like companies start buying fleets of these things for all their employees or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of like, I, I, well, so I feel like my, my thing on it is just, you know, skepticism on how apple is going to get to the end goal where these become like ubiquitous like that's what that's what's yeah. interesting to me is seeing how they're going to get there because like i don't doubt that they'll get there mm -hmm. because apple in general seems like an awful company to bet against when it comes to like mm -hmm. their ability to like market something to like literally everyone on earth yeah to have it be appealing to them right so like yeah they'll get there it's just a matter of i just i just can't wait to see like how you know yeah yeah. Um, well, I I sort of think that they're, I think they have low expectations for this launch because they know it's expensive and they know it's mm -hmm. Gen One and they just don't care if only a handful of people are buying them right now, um, because they already have, you know, revision hardware in the works and they know that it's going to get smaller and cheaper over the coming years, um, and they probably have an end goal of something that's just like a glasses wear on your face experience, right? Um, which would be. Who knows how far down the line but i think that's the point where you can be like hey this thing you know like an apple watch ultra price set right. of glasses or something right. that's like pretty unobtrusive but also gives you all the benefits of like ar mixed reality stuff um and is is reasonably affordable as far as these things go i think right now they're just sort of like okay with like early adopters and just people that have the money to just buy these things um yeah. for fun checking them out but I also wouldn't be surprised if the exact opposite happens and they sell out instantly. Oh, they will. They're impossible I, to get for the rest of the year. Or, you know, whatever. I guarantee like, um, that I, stuff I, happens too. You know what? I would I would bet money that if you wanted to buy one of these on the secondary market any near anytime near after launch, you're gonna be paying like five grand for one. Yeah. Oh, totally. It would not surprise me at all. Yeah. So. Well, they're doing um the other thing. So they sent out a press release on Monday announcing the release date, which is February second. And um, they said there will be pre-orders on the 19th, which is a week from today. Um, and then the other interesting bit for me, at least, is that um, they said they start at $34.99, starting yeah. at 256 I picked gigs. I picked that on that up, too. They're saying, like, oh, this starts at this. So, like, <laughs> is there going to be a one terabyte version that's, like, fucking five grand, like, out the I door? No, like... probably. I mean, you know, with the way that they... Apple's pretty notorious for having pretty expensive, like, uh, hard drive upgrade prices, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is a bummer because, like, in the real world, buying a 512 gig, you know, SSD yeah. and a yeah, one it's terabyte, like, no like, it's yeah, so it's um, kind of annoying that you're like paying so much just to upgrade storage, which seems like it should be a more easily accessible and cheaper upgrade, but um, yeah, starting at 256, so I, I'll be interested to see what other kind of like models or configurations you're you're able to order and how what the pricing is on them. Um, and then the other interesting bit from this that stuck out to me was that they um, 
they bullet pointed um, gaming specifically. And uh, their little blurb here says Blair, players can access games on the App Store, including more than 250 titles on Apple Arcade. Um, NBA 2K24 and Sonic Dream Team can be played on screen as large as they want, um, which is cool. But then they say new spatial games, including Game Room, What's the Golf, and Super Fruit Ninja, take advantage of the powerful capabilities of Apple Vision oh, yeah, Pro so there you um, go. to transform the space around players. Half, half Bricks got one. Yeah, right? So... Yeah. Um, that stuck out to me because I was like, like more or less like game room has been around for a while, right? Like that's mm -hmm. a, a known thing. But and then what's the golf is is an Apple Arcade game that has yet to have a VR version, I don't think. Um, and then same Fruit Ninja has Fruit Ninja VR, but that's they don't say Fruit Ninja VR. They say Super Fruit Ninja. So I don't know what the situation will be. But I know that's one of the more popular like VR games is the Fruit Ninja. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was cool that they specifically called out like this spatial games, AKA VR games um, for their headset. Cause I was sort of under the impression that they were not going to try and push gaming on this thing very much at all. And just sort of be like, you can also play games in it in virtual reality on a big screen or whatever, but without, and, and maybe like slowly known VR games from other platforms would like make their way over or something like that. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting that they're like, you know, calling out that they have a few spatial games ready to launch and they probably have more. Yeah. And, um, you know, the whispers I get are that there's a lot of people with stuff in the wings that can't say anything right now. Oh, that's always um, how it works. Right? So like... I think that there will be maybe a decent selection of games. It actually got me. I was sort of like, I don't think I'm going to buy this thing. I don't know. Impulse control and me don't work well together. But, you know, I was pretty OK with letting this pass me by and just seeing how progresses and maybe buying one the next year version or something like that but with that i was sort of like well shoot it'd be kind of cool if there are like specific vision pro games to like try and cover them yeah um and so i actually reached out to apple and was like send me a headset and um they're like oh well you know we'll pass that note yeah. along. And you're like i <laughs> yeah well uh totally, <laughs> thanks for reaching uh, out yeah. um for what i've heard so far is that these are going to be hard to get as like people just sending them sending units to people mm -hmm. which i think is kind of weird i think they should be more liberal with that sort of thing because i think you want all the press to have this so they can cover it more and make it more i don't know i mean it's possible they really truly about. like are that limited though you know yeah that's true too and um i wouldn't be surprised that they're not this thing is expensive and everyone talks about the price but it's probably they're probably not making much money on it i wouldn't think yeah it's probably a very expensive thing to put together it makes me wonder like how many of the um you know so so there's a few different like um VR kind of like experience games on the quest that are really good. Mm -hmm. Like there's I think there's two Star Wars games, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And th that like so they're really cool, but they where they suffer is like I don't know, it just sort of breaks immersion with like what the quest is kind of capable of doing, you know, like it's mm -hmm. it's it's like um I don't know. It it just could be better, you know. Like whereas yeah. some of these sort of experience things, I think feel like on an actual like retina screen where you can't see the pixels and polygons and stuff have the mm -hmm. potential to be sort of magical, you know. Like yeah. So we'll yeah. See. I mean, that's what everyone that tried that went to the announcement thing and tried the hands on and got to actually do a demo of it. Like Dan on at Mac Rumors um, was just like. I don't really know how better to explain it, but it's just, it's that sort of Apple magic, right? Like you put it on mm -hmm. and it feels like magic. And I've tried a bunch of other headsets and it's not like this thing's doing anything especially different, but for whatever reason, Apple is just good at nailing the experience of these things and making it feel like some like next level, I guess. So yeah, um, yeah I could see a lot of the the gaming stuff that's like pretty good on other headsets, but not like, you know blowing you away maybe having the potential to, to more blow you away with this and maybe that would trigger something i don't know yeah i mean like i, I really like the quest you know and i i'm a big believer in this i think it's pretty cool and uh, mm -hmm. but you know like there's definitely stuff with the quest that could be way better that seems like it just is way better on the vision pro so i mean i think they yeah i don't know they have something here it's just a matter of yeah. like how long does it take to get off the ground you know yeah well Everyone listening, cross your fingers for me that Apple says they're going to send me a headset. Uh, if not, I don't know. 
if I'm going to pre-order one. I will find it hard to not because I'm just like that. And I have like a credit card that's paid off just sitting there with this huge balance that <laughs> I could use. Um, yeah, but I don't also, know. For, for I feel me, like... I just know the second one's going to be so much better. Uh, I know. You know. I know. But then, yeah, it's going to be that thing where you pull the trigger and then you get it. And then if it's disappointing, you're going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I got to pay this $3,500 plus tax. I mean, you're looking at, and if you want to get a storage upgrade, I mean, you're going to have to pay. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I don't know. I don't know if I'll buy one personally. If they send me one, I'll be really happy and I will cover cover it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Give them yeah, their I money's know. worth. <laughs> I, I just said there's going to be some games that like make a ton of sense in it though. You know, like, um, like Space Pirate Trainer is a go-to on the quest one, which uh -huh. is sort of like you're just standing in the, on a like a docking bay, and there's all these like little drones coming at you, just you know shoot them with a gun kind of thing. Mm -hmm. like there's a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. like that that'll be very very good on the vision. But I guess mm -hmm. I'm just uh, I don't know, interested to see if they end up taking it to the next level or how they take it to the next level or whatever else. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. There's also the potential of like. Um... You know, whatever the rulings end up being with like Apple and third party stores or whatever, if all of a sudden they have to open things up, including the Vision Pro, and it's like, oh, you can go to the MetaQuest store, you know, whatever, all the Steam VR yeah. games are at your disposal or whatever, um, that might change things too, even if they're not specifically tailored to a Vision Pro. If I knew I could play any Steam VR game on that thing, that would be much more enticing to want to spend the money on because right now it's going to be like, okay, like regular games blown up to Vision Pro style or whatever handful of very specific things they release, which who knows how many... Yeah, but I mean, if you if be. you just want to play VR games and like Steam just games on quest. VR, so just get a Quest. Like they're, they're yeah. made for that, you know? like Very true. And I agree. Could, you could buy a Quest in like literally every game that's worth playing and yeah. probably will have spent half as much money as a Vision Pro costs, you know? Probably a third or less. Yeah. Like, yeah, because quests are what, 500 bucks or something? Like, yeah, but I'm saying 400? like, you just go through the quest store and you just go hog wild. I mean, buying like literally everything that looks interesting. I yeah. think you'd have a hard time of even getting to like 50% of the price of a Vision Pro. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you fuck, you could even throw in there like buy a, buy a quest and a gaming PC to play the Steam games and you're still less than the Vision Pro, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, man. Oh, it's crazy. That's why it's difficult um, for me to rationalize, you know. And and the, the problem is like um I just know that I'm gonna really want the second one when it comes out because it's gonna be better in, mm -hmm. in every way. And the mm -hmm. first one is gonna be worth like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So the so I guess the the question that I've got is like so when Apple is doing their advertising of this showing mm -hmm. all the cool people using it and that mm -hmm. you want to be one of these cool people. So you want to buy this thing. So you're cool too. Mm -hmm. Do they always have it on their face and you can always see their eyes or <laughs> is it on, like hanging around their neck? Like, is it on the top of their, is it on their forehead? Like what is the equivalent I don't know. of the way that they market beats, you know? Yeah. I, um, I don't know because I feel like all of their, hero images of of showing the eyes through the goggles all look so creepy and that's I the think thing like it, it turns people off i don't yeah, think people like that it's got like it's a little too i don't know if un, uncanny valley isn't the right way to put it but definitely certainly like whatever the technology sort of parallel to that would be where people are like mm, i don't know that's just kind of weird yeah you know no i agree yeah i don't think but, uh i don't think people like that aspect very much maybe it'll become ubiquitous enough that it'll just be normalized so here's a question if you've got so if i'm wearing so if we're sitting in the same room and mm -hmm. i'm wearing the apple vision pro and you're wearing the apple vision pro and we're looking at each other mm -hmm. do i see your eyes on the screen or is my thing smart enough to like render your face as if you weren't wearing the headset you know i don't know i'm really curious how that aspect works like does my camera just buy show... one and fly to each other and try yes. it yeah um because that would be yeah. wild like, i mean because when you think about it like they do that's kind of like uh like face like ai face for your facetime right yeah which that creeps me out too and they can do all sorts of like you know objects locking on of different yeah. things so like how wild would it be if like apple's solution to this problem of like it being kind of weird 
for everyone to be wearing a headset because you're looking at it through their eyes. It's like, oh, well, once everyone has a Vision Pro and you're just looking at them through the Vision Pro, you don't even see it on you other people. You see that they have a headset. I, you just yeah, see their, their like know. AI face filter version of their best self. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so weird just talking about describing this stuff because it sounds so like crazy <laughs> like, but i mean it seems AR, like that is like ai avatars and all it that seems stuff. Like, it's like, like that not that big of a reach right because like if right, it can no, identify like particularly imagine if the um so i don't know how the sensor is specifically on the vision pro work but on the uh on the quest you know it's like got all these different sensors well not i don't know if the quest is it. most vr other vr heads it's all these like sensors going out and like infrared mm -hmm. blasting between beacons and stuff so you know what if they were able to like really accurately lock on the head of other people wearing vision pro because the vision pro is like sending out those yeah like infrared signals or whatever that's able to pick up to get a very precise location track on it to <clears throat> like put a face on top of the i mean i'm sure it can that doesn't how, seem like a stretch how at all. wild would that be yeah i don't know i don't um, i feel like we're in just like the, the we're coming ahead to like the weirdest time right so then you add in like all the deep fake stuff right like what mm -hmm. if what if you go like one step further and it's like well, I just, you know, my husband and I just wear the Vision Pro all the time and he looks like Tom Cruise and I look like Nicole <laughs> Kidman or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like some serious like Black Mirror shit. And you would think like, oh, uh -huh. that's far-fetched. Yeah. Like it seems totally within the realm of what this thing is capable of like right now, you know, like so. Yeah. I know, man, it's weird. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Uh, if you listening are planning on getting one, email us at podcast.touchok.com. Let us know why, what your justifications are, or uh, your thoughts, feelings about this thing, and um, or if you're not getting one, let us know why. Well, what's the, what's the uh, pre-order? What's the pre-order date again? January nineteenth, a week from today. Oh my god, why is a pre-order is an oh my god? I think Alexa, I know what a pre-order is. Um, <laughs> um at five a.m. Pacific. So. Wow. It, I'll probably be up anyway. My kid will probably be screaming. Well, but, so um, actually the uh, the better question would be, so we typically record this podcast around like two o'clock Eastern time on Fridays. Yeah. So if you did pre-order yeah, and you got it through, let us know. You could email us that day. Yeah. And and what in the world you're planning on doing with it and what you do with your life that you have $3,500 of disposable cash to burn on a early adopter <laughs> of an Apple thing. Are you a drug dealer? Uh, <laughs> oh, the mailman came and now my dog is losing his shit. I guess it'd be um, interesting too. Like, like I'm curious how many people are kind of vibing in my direction where it's like, dude, I am mega in for the second one. Right, 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 right. Because I think that's um, like, the, I don't know, the reasonable take on this. I maybe, don't think, you know? I mean, the only thing you're missing is FOMO, right? Because yeah. there's no way you're not getting a better piece of kit by the time the next one launches or, or whatever but i also i don't know um you know apple's very much a yearly upgrade cycle type company but not always and with something like this i could kind of see them being like this is the vision pro we will release like very slight variations maybe and we'll mm -hmm. do price drops year to year or something like that but like the next one isn't it's like four or five years out or something like that yeah. because they really want to like take it to the next level. Um, I don't know. I that could be too, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm curious if like the consumer, like the mass market consumer version ends up being very plasticky, like the quest is, mm -hmm. you know I mean? Because like, it seems like there's a, a big part of the kind of like the design language surrounding the, the quest is like, this thing's going to be on your head. We want this as light as possible. Use the lightest mm -hmm. plastic and everything else imaginable. Whereas like Apple mm -hmm. has kind of taken the opposite approach of mm -hmm. this is glass. This is aluminum. Like we can, we're using a lot of metal in this, everything else. And yeah. it really wouldn't surprise me if like the feedback that they get from a lot of these early people is like this fucking rules, but it's so heavy. That's hard to use for <laughs> a long time. You know, like if everything was the same, but this weighed yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like it, it, uh, ounces or whatever less, it would be way yeah. better, you know? Well, this isn't a super similar comparison, but the AirPods Max, that's something that like was rumored for coming out a long time or whatever. And they released it and that was um, December of 2020. So just over three years ago. And um, they haven't refreshed that. They haven't changed anything. And there's a lot of similar complaints where it was like, I love how premium, I'm wearing them right now. I love how premium they are and it's metal and it's like blah, blah, blah. 
but also they're kind of heavy for something that if you want to wear yeah. headphones all day or, or whatever, um, they haven't jumped to like come out with like a lightweight AirPods Max, AirPods Max Air <laughs> or something. So like, um, yeah, but I guess, you know, like those are just kind of sitting sort of centered over your head, right? So it's like a real yeah. center of mass kind of thing as opposed to, yeah, right. Like, yeah, the front of your head, like pulling your neck down, like that's just sort yeah. of a little tiring, like from yeah. having used the older heavier VR headsets, you know, that's true. I, I don't get fatigued from wearing these, but I don't think I ever wear them more than like an hour or two at a time. So, um, and I like the fact that they're heavy and feel premium, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they're not hanging out front of my face, so it's different, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see them not do a big hardware revision on this thing for a while too, um, to kind of see how things go. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. There's a lot of pressure internally in Apple to like get this thing out into a mass market yeah. version as quickly as possible because like they're kind of hitting a point where it's like who doesn't have an iPhone or an iPad? Like you know, they're capping yeah. out on those markets and and Apple yeah. Watch too to some extent. I mean, like who yeah. that wants one of those three products like doesn't already have like some iteration of it, and yeah. now is now instead of being a potential customer is just like struggling with like why they would upgrade it because the one they have mm -hmm. is totally fine. You know, whereas like the headset thing is a total blue ocean of them being able to, um, you know, yeah, to you. no, I think that's totally true. Um, so yeah, if you're going to pre-order pre one, email us, let us know. Um, I'll, I'll let you know in next week's show what I do, <laughs> which I don't, if I, I'm not going to set an alarm. And if I don't get woken up in time and I wake up and they're sold out, that's that. Right. Mm. But if I wake up and there's still pre-orders, I don't know if I've had coffee or if I haven't had coffee, then any, anything's game I might just sleepily pre-order one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, shooting over to, um, the emails I want to talk about. So we yeah. got two emails this week. Let's uh, start out with this one. Um, this one comes in from Ray says, hello, all. I just wanted to email to say, I still love the podcast and look forward to every episode that you two release. Thank you. Over the break, I decided to upgrade my iPad ninth gen to an iPad air fifth gen. My thought was it has the same specs as the M1 iPad pro that I use for work. However, I have found that the battery life in this M1 Air is trash. I played oh, really? RE4 Resident Evil 4 this morning and it killed my battery. Um, which iPad are you using for gaming? Thanks for the show. Um, so first off, I still can never keep the iPad models straight. Like an iPad 9th gen and iPad Air 5th gen. I don't know what versions those are or what years they came out or what specs they have. I feel like the whole iPad lineup is still pretty muddied and um, I don't know. So I, I you know, I don't really yeah, I'm, know. I'm like, try. I'm also, like I don't have an iPad <laughs> Googling like how to figure out like what version iPad. So I have the first year iPad pro that they changed the form factor to the like square edges. Yeah. That's and that's more... the M1, right? Is it an M1 or is it like an A? Maybe. 13 or something. I don't remember. Um, um, yeah, I, I just, but like the thing is I've had no urgency to buy another one because it's like, yeah, literally everything I use it for, it's totally, totally fast and fine on. Like I, like the most demanding game I play on it would be, I guess, like League of Legends Wild Rift and it still runs. I mean, that runs awesome on it. You know, like I, yeah. It, and I, at the time bought, the, I think it's a, it's, either 512 or one terabyte or whatever. So it's like I had plenty of space on it. Like it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's wild because you know, like I, I just have no urgency to upgrade like at all. The you know, battery's yeah. still great on it. Yeah. Uh, I have the keyboard case, which is super useful. I have the Apple pencil that snaps to the side, use that every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so the iPad, so the ninth gen, I do remember this now, this came in um, 2021. It was the one that still had the button and um or the home button and um what specs does it have here i don't know oh a13 bionic okay um so yeah this was uh early 
or early 21 women's lunch september 21 okay so that's two plus years old now um so if you went from that and then you got an ipad air fifth gen which um that came out in i don't I think know i have an ipad pro fourth generation march of 22 okay that's those aren't that far apart actually um for, but this is an m1 the ipad air fifth oh. gen so that's interesting you know um, the thing is like apple's just done nothing to like entice me to buy a new one i mean like the new ones right. i guess are like nicer and like yeah. uh like i'm sure they're faster but feel for my yeah. use is uh, like almost irrelevant um yeah what i would buy one for like instantly though is if they were like all right here's the deal like the m3 ipad this is the first one that has like the windows surface experience where you can like toggle into mac os for ipad or something like right that. instantly yeah. i would buy it at, like, like zero hesitation yeah yeah but but until I, then it's like okay well everything i use is great on this it's still getting ios updates like yeah i got no problem you know my ipad experience is that um i had the ipad 2 and loved it and then whatever it was six months later they launched the ipad 3 the first retina one that wasn't powerful enough to run retina stuff oh yeah and sucks. i caved and bought that one and it was garbage and um i was super sour and then i think the first ipad mini or maybe the second you know i think it was the first ipad mini i also bought that and love the ipad mini i love the form factor a lot um but that was a very long time ago and so over the years it the the other problem was I'm just like a Mac and iPhone guy, and I never really found a a a use for an iPad other than just like the novelty of it. I never like found a really good way to like work it into my workflow where it really was like meaningful because my laptops have always been thin and light and small anyway, and they're easier for me to work on. So I I always liked having an iPad for like games and certain things like that, but um, it was never like a must have thing for me. But I have over the last several years like contemplated getting one um one a newer one and especially with when the pros came out with like the 13 inch ones or whatever they're like gigantic mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of cool maybe to have so the thing that always killed me though is the price is tough to swallow and um yeah i ended up buying come out with one that's like pretty reasonably priced like 400 bucks mm -hmm. it'll like miss a feature that matters to me that i can't get or i want to upgrade storage and it like adds 200 bucks on or whatever you know i've almost pull the trigger on the last time they refreshed the mini um when they removed the home button and stuff because i was like oh this is cool yeah i like the mini a lot like if they're if they made an m3 <laughs> mini i'd be there because i like i prefer yeah. that form factor um i bought i bought one of the i don't know if it was the first time they released the big ipad uh, but i bought that one thinking yeah. like oh this is going to be a this is going to be a make a big difference but like it just sort of was too big to carry like yeah. i don't know like the the iPad is like a weirdly good size. Like, and you don't realize yeah. that yeah. until you have like the bigger one where it's like, okay, this is just kind of obnoxious now. Like you go yeah. from like carrying what feels like a reasonably sized book to like some weird, like just, I don't know, too large thing, you know? Well, I always thought the mini was cool, but when I had one, there wasn't big iPhones yet. So yeah, well, that's it the always problem felt too. Like yeah. Oh, this is very meaningfully like larger than my phone, and that's nice. But um, nowadays, I feel like if I bought a mini, it's not that much bigger than my phone is. Mm -hmm. So I'm more apt to want a regular size iPad, not the super big one, and not the mini, but just the regular 12 inch or whatever, 11 inch. So yeah, I'd like to buy one, but Apple makes it hard because they there's always one little thing that prevents me from like hitting that buy button. I'll be like, okay, I'm in for 400, whatever. Or Amazon has them on sale for like hundred bucks off pretty frequently. Um, but the storage thing kills me and it won't, you know, the mismatching of accessories bothers me. Cause I'm like, okay, well I could get this brand new version, but it's for some reason doesn't work with the latest I, Apple pencil or, you know, well, and that's the other thing is if you want Apple a keyboard folio and a pencil and, you know, if you wanted the full kit, like that's, it gets pricey. So yeah, I don't know. I've resisted getting one, but I would like one someday. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but that seems like uh, a pretty meaningful upgrade. Yeah. The full kit upgrade. puts the iPad in a weird spot, you know, cause it's like, okay, you want the cool keyboard case and everything else. Like, all right, right. well, you just spent like more money than a 
decent MacBook Air costs and right MacBook and, Air if you if you're mm-hmm. getting the iPad for the keyboard and everything else like the MacBook Air is probably just like a better buy yeah which is that's bizarre. why like we've talked about before but and like you're saying if if you could run Mac OS or just choose to um they could sell me a kit that's as much as what a laptop would cost but it's an iPad and a bunch of accessories all bundled together like a laptop I'd buy that and I would not buy a, a MacBook you know um so I don't know yeah. <laughs> All right. My voice is starting to die. Let's get to thank you, Ray, for emailing in. And then let's get to our other email. This is a long one. Let's see if I get through this, but it's a good email. So um, this is from Terrence. And he writes in Jared and Eli. Years ago, I was a patron for Touch Arcade, but fell off when I was in a much worse financial position. Things have changed since then, but it wasn't until recently that I realized that I needed to repledge my financial support to Touch Arcade. While listening to the last podcast, I began thinking about the financial situation of your group. I would feel incredibly sad if the TA podcast were to go away, and I thought to myself, I would totally pay five bucks a month to listen to this podcast. I then realized, why don't I do just that? Hmm. So I logged into Patreon and renewed my monthly pledge. Thank you. Um, I can't be the only person in this situation. Someone who listens to to the podcast regularly, used to support, fell off, and then realized that it's time to come back and invest in those who bring us so much joy. To the listeners of the Touch Arcade podcast, I present the Thousand Patrons Challenge. Currently, there are 582 patrons of Touch Arcade when there are easily thousands of people who regularly listen to the podcast or view the website. If we can get the number of monthly patrons to over 1,000, it would take a lot of pressure off the entire Touch Arcade crew so they can focus on creating high-value content for us. Boy, ain't that the truth. If we doubled our patron supporters, um, this challenge has two parts. Part one, to the Touch Arcade community. If Touch Arcade has brought you incredible value over the course of years, or if you enjoy the podcast or love the website, pause this podcast right now, log on to Patreon, and pledge support. It will literally take five minutes to do so. If you used to pledge support, pledge again like I did. If you are a current supporter, consider increasing your pledge. Every bit helps. Seriously. Uh, Part two to Jared and Eli. I know that you guys only like to mention the Patreon in the very last 30 seconds of the podcast. Please stop doing this. (laughs) Give thanks to the current Patreon supporters at the beginning of the podcast and let people know how important it is to support. And at the end of the podcast, give thanks again to the Patreon supporters and let people know how important it is to support. It's not that people don't want to support. It's that we literally forget. Keep it top of mind because we want to help. Uh, If you are a lover of Tetracade, please join us in the Thousand Patron Challenge. Tetracade has entertained us for years and it's time for us to give back. If this message has stirred your heart, please pledge right now. The entire thousand patrons challenge could be over within the next 24 hours and touch Arcade's future would be secured. Let's do this together. <laughs> be blessed, bros. Terrence. Uh, I love this email for so many reasons. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a, because I, I, it makes I, a whole lot of sense. I feel like you just post on the site about it all the time. Like the trolls that get so, pissed about I, it. Like who cares? No, I know. And that really back in the day. So there's a few things at play here. One of them, is that yeah i i don't care so much about that anymore but when we first started doing patreon and we'd post about it on the site um there'd be a handful of people would be like oh jingling the change jars begging for money blah 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 and like yeah who cares about people like that yeah. um generally though i've noticed that when we've posted about the patreon it's like this email says someone would be like oh i didn't even realize you had one cool i just uh-huh. support it or whatever you know what i mean so it's like very much an awareness thing and i i i one of my goals for 2024 is to post about it way more um, one of the problems is that Patreon has under undergone at least two major revisions in the last like year, very quickly, one after the other. Um, and they changed a bunch of stuff. Like they took away like tears and like all this stuff that was like, you know, our, our Patreon page really hasn't changed since you built it in like 2015. I think we launched it. So, um, a lot of the info, doesn't apply to the patreon of today which i don't really think i agree with a lot of the changes patreon is making but also i don't know i more or less have viewed it as like an easy way to support us with without you know you can just sign up for a thing and it automatically bills you and you can help us out or or whatever i i've never really gotten into the patreon side of things of like having special rewards or special content or stuff like that and i know that's a mistake because the people that have the popular successful patreons um do that sort of stuff um the other problem is that that takes time and manpower that we don't always have so you know i would 
my first order of business is really to just figure out what the hell is going on with the Patreon page at all and rejigger our our main page um and and update it in a lot of ways to kind of talk about like what we are and what we need and and whatever. Um another problem we've had since the beginning of starting this is that it's really hard to think of like cool bonuses for people to support. Like I think the people that are Patreons now are just like we just like the website. We want to help you. And I, we don't really want anything in return. We don't really care. Um, which I think is, that's cool. But I also think it would be rad if there was like some special things to do, but I, it's hard to think of what to do. Like you could do giveaways, you could send stuff to people or whatever, but those, it all comes back <clears throat> to having, <clears throat> you know, the manpower and the man hours to be able to do that sort of stuff. And it's tricky. Um, almost like if you're running a, a successful Patreon, it's like its own full-time job in a lot of sense. And for a lot of people, it is, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I I need to toy around with it. And I do want to post on the front page a lot more and tweet about it and all that stuff um, just to bring awareness. And, um, you know, I think the people that really enjoy Touch Arcade aren't ever going to be annoyed at seeing it. Um, and I think the people that are annoyed, I don't care. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's good advice in this email though. I think it's very true. And, um, that was why I started the show mentioning it because I never really thought about it before the saving that all for the very end sometimes isn't the smartest thing. So anyway, coming this year, hopefully will be a, a revamp to how we do our Patreon and, um, hopefully we can make it more enticing in some ways, but hopefully we can just kind of like update it in general because it's nine years old now or something like that. Um, so yeah. And if anybody has ideas of like cool things they would like to see as like a special benefit for certain Patreon tier supporters or whatever, um, email and let us know because I'm open to ideas of, of pretty much anything. And back in the day, it was easier because like our forums were a lot busier. And so you got like special titles on the forums and you got a special discord chat and, and whatever. Um, and you could tie a lot of those things automatically into Patreon, which was really cool. I don't know how well any of that stuff works anymore because the last few people that have asked me about it, they're like, hey, I didn't get my forum badge. And I like had to like manually do stuff because I don't know if any of those hooks are still built into Patreon mm. um, for that type of stuff. So but also I don't know how like special that is compared to like the Touch Arcade of 2015 where forums were more of a big deal. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. On the plate, on my plate to to do something more with Patreon, but I appreciate this insight and advice. And I think it's good. And I do, um, you know, encourage anybody that wants to help us out to to do the Patreon thing and check us out. So I uh, appreciate everyone that has been a Patreon um, at any time, whether you started and stopped or whether you're still going or or whatever, because it really is like the main source of keeping the site going. Um, and yeah, it's just getting rockier and rockier as time goes on. So, you know, who knows what what's in store for the future. But um yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that piece. But thank you, Terrence, for the email. I think it was good, good eye-opening for me too to kind of make that a priority going forward. So anywho. Um anything else you want to talk about? Uh I don't think so. Yeah. I really wish I could think of cool ideas of Patreon stuff to do. Like, I don't know what would be interesting though. Like like a live chat with people or something like that you like i would just yeah, hang out in live chat with someone but look around at like what the like uh, surely there's a list of like what the top 10 patreons are doing yeah now and just sort of like see what of that would fit yeah what, you know touch yeah. arcade excels at uh, i will personally record your voicemail message for you <laughs> and so if you, somebody calls and you're not you don't get the call they'll hear me um yeah i don't know i i wish i could think of cool things to do because i would like to do fun things that would like make people be like oh dude i want to support more or, or whatever um it's just been hard with with how our website is so anywho okay my voice is given out thanks again uh to those that emailed in if you want to send us an email podcast at tetracade.com let us know if you're getting a vision pro or not or if you pre-order one next friday before we record shoot us an email and let us know how it went um and uh i, I guess i'll say it again Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash touch arcade. Give us a little support. Everything helps. Also, 
tell people about it. Tell people about our website and our podcast, and maybe they would like to do a Patreon too. One other thing Patreon does now is I don't really understand is you can be a free supporter. Do you know anything about that? They've like added a thing where you can like follow a page as a free something, but I don't know what the benefit is. I know we've gotten some people that joined as free supporters over the last couple of months, and I'm not really sure what that even means. So anyway, hmm. I'll need to look into it, but check out our Patreon. Um, you can also help us out if you do your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Click that link first and then go buy everything there is on Amazon and uh, that'll help us out too. So with all that said, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Touch Arcade Show. See ya.